The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You know the show, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix and living like it matters. And, uh, man, there's a lot to talk about. A lot matters in, in the world of sports today. And reality sets in for some people. And I'll tell you what, it certainly set in for the San Diego Chargers. They were up against Peyton. It wasn't Peyton's place, but last night it was Peyton's place. And uh, the man showed that uh, he still has the ability to play football. Uh, Mr. Rivers, uh, <laughs> you know, I think uh, he uh, brought a message to you by way of his brother, Eli. Uh, just wanted to let you know, hey, don't mess with the Mannings. That's right. If you, uh, if you didn't know, of course, there's a whole debacle that goes on way back uh, in draft day. But uh, Eli and, and Rivers and, and a few other guys, uh, but certainly Peyton let him know that, hey, man, hey, it's, it's, it's still Peyton Manning. Name hasn't changed on the back of the jersey. He can still get it done. But I'll tell you what, there's, man, there's just, you know, something that I really got to talk about today. And, of course, I'm, I'm going to talk about a few things. There are a few things that we need to talk about, of course. Uh, uh, Ray Ray, it looks like Ray Lewis got to hang him up for at least this year. Is it possible that this we may have seen the last of Ray Lewis uh, in an NFL uniform? Is that possible? Do we even want to think about that? Ray just recently, of course, was uh, interviewed and asked that question. You know, Ray, what are you starting to look at and think about retirement? And Ray said no. He said he couldn't do that. He would be cheating his, his teammates. Uh, he has to look at the presence and, and, and what his current responsibilities are, and that is to be a leader of that team and go out and win ball games and prepare for the next opponent. Now he's injured. He knows that his season is over. Uh, does he have a responsibility to himself, to his family, uh, to the game, to even to let it go? Is is it uh, too late for for Ray to even think about coming back for a? Uh, 18th year, I think it would be next year, would be his 18th year as a starting middle linebacker in the National Football League. Ooh, man, that, that's, that's unthinkable. But Ray has to think about that. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, of course, I mentioned Peyton. We're going to, of course, talk about Peyton um, and, and talk about, uh, you know, the job he's doing in, in Denver. First place tied, uh, the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, rookie. You know, is he so far the rookie of the year? I think he is. He's certainly done some things to impress some people. Tom and Bill, they know Russell. They know him well. 
Uh, so we'll talk about that and see what's going on. The Browns get their first win. Of course, you know I had to throw that one in there. So we got a few things we got to talk about. But most importantly, the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I took to Facebook today, and I thank everybody out there, uh, you know, who has uh, responded uh, to some questions that I asked. And, and because of that, I'm, I'm going to get every question that I address. I'm going to be sure that I go ahead and get that question uh, from those folks who, who took time out of their schedule to to answer what I needed. And that was I needed to know what was on their mind and what they thought, particularly about Andy Reid. I think I got my man. Is, is Kevin on the line with me? Kevin, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Kevin, how you doing there, man? I'm doing fine, Ray. How you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, man. It's a great day here in the Valley. I appreciate you tuning in and calling as well. Uh, you out there in California. So let, let, let's do this before I get into, of course, the Andy Reid, of which I'm going to spend probably the majority of the show talking about that. You're welcome to stay with me. But, uh, the game last night, Mr. Manning showed up out there in California, showed up, showed out, uh, did his thing, you know, broke, uh, you know, made history coming back from 24 points down, uh, you know, all that in the, in the second half. Uh, did an excellent job. Uh, what do you think about Peyton? Is, is Peyton been consistent enough for you to jump on the bandwagon that perhaps maybe we might see Denver in the playoffs? Yeah, I, I, I have to say that because, uh, like you said, last night game showed a tail of two halves, and it, Peyton looked like he's going back to the Peyton that he was before he got injured. He's making stars out of players as stepping up, stepping their game up. Well, certainly I, I can say this. Uh, Peyton, as a matter of fact, has, uh, has, has come back this year, and we, we, we've seen him, as a matter of fact, in a couple different games like this, and Peyton said that last night in his interview, uh, of which uh, I think it was Lisa took a, a lot of time with him. He gave her a lot of time after the game to talk about in detail uh, about some of the things he's been faced with this year, and the team has come back, uh, whereas last year, it appeared to be that the defense kept the Broncos in those games for Tim Tebow to come back and rally in the end. It appears now that it's the, the script has been flipped and the defense has not. There's been some turnovers, but even when there's turnovers, if you don't take it to the house, the defense, you got to step up and get field goals. But it appears that the defense this year has been somewhat suspect and not been able to hold on and keep those guys out of the end zone. And, and Peyton has had to bring the team back to win some of these games. Uh, did you think it would be a little different that, that the defense would be carrying the team as opposed to Peyton carrying them thus far? Because it looks like Peyton is carrying this team. Yeah, it, it looks like it. Well, to have a future Hall of Famer on your team like Peyton, and a lot of these players are excited to have him, they're, they're starting to listen uh, to what he's trying to put together with him and uh, Fox is trying to put together over in Denver. And it's like there's a defense. They make a few errors here and there. But and overall, I believe uh, Peyton is, like I say, getting back to being the old Peyton that he was. Uh, last night game, you know, it was uh, special teams. They... They didn't do what they were supposed to do, and it was like Peyton was able to elevate his game in the second half because of uh, a couple of the turnovers on uh, that the defense was able to get. 
Well, well, certainly you and I know this. Uh, one thing that has been will be helpful to Peyton is that this year, at least as you look at the conference and the division, you know, Peyton's in a division of which right now is probably the softest division in that conference, if you if you will, in terms of being an AFC. You know, you got those three T, those four teams out there in the West and, you know, the Raiders and the Chiefs. Uh, you know, I don't think we can count on either one of them to show up to challenge. Uh, but the challenge is going to be against Denver and uh, between Denver and San Diego. And, and already uh, Denver on a head to head thing, you know, has got a leg up on them because they've already beat them. So it, it, it appears to me. Uh, that the Denver Broncos, you know, may be the team to beat uh, in the AFC West. But you said something there, and I want to I want to embark upon that a little bit about the fact that uh, you know Peyton. I think Peyton has uh, stepped up, and and he, he's got that Hall of Fame. You know that he's got that yellow jacket already on his back. We saw we saw of course Ocho Cinco, Ocho Cinco, Chad prematurely put a yellow jacket on, on the sideline one time. We all can pretty much agree that Peyton has a yellow jacket waiting for him. It appears that his team has a level of respect for Peyton now that I think he can go beyond the offensive side of the ball. I think he can walk into the defensive meeting room on the playing field, and I think he can step into that huddle and ask the defense, hey man, help me out on this, and they can re- they they would respect him in response. Do you agree with that? I agree with it. I agree with you totally on that. You know, uh, Peyton is at that level of not only his game because he he really don't have nothing to prove. You know, I believe his biggest credit credit is himself, uh, and he can go into the defense. I believe special teams, Roman uh, and 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 acts what he need, and it's gonna, and they're gonna do everything they can to fulfill it. Yeah, did, let me ask you something. Do you think he can go in there with a little bass in his voice? Can he go in there and uh, come on, guys? We need to, we need to stop right now. Come on, with, you know, hey, you know, we can't, we gotta stop him now. Can he go in there with a little bit of bass in his voice? Yeah, I think he can. Oh man. Okay, I tell you what. Uh, it looks like we got another call on the line. I'm, I'm gonna let Bill join the discussion. Bill, are you there? Coach Ellis. Hey, what's happening? Bill Parler from Philly, man. Hey, Bill. Been? I'm doing good, Bill. Yeah, Bill going way uh-huh. back, man, to the days of coaching at Cardinal Doherty High School. Uh, calling me fact. calling me Coach Ellis. I'm my, my two corners there. Got a chance to go on to uh, college and get a scholarship there. Yeah, hey, hey, yeah. Bill, man, I'm, I'm glad you, you, you called us. We're talking a little bit, if you will, about Peyton Manning, but I'm sure you, you want to talk about uh, those Philadelphia Eagles there. Did you get a chance to see the game last night? Uh, Ray, I didn't. I caught about a, a quarter of it before I before I dozed off. But um, yeah, I, uh, Peyton's the, the, the you know he's uh, he still got it, man. Well, you know, he, he's he still got it, and uh, I think Denver's going to do well. Uh, well you're definitely going to see them later uh, in the postseason. Well, I, I can tell you what I, I'm sure when Peyton making his decisions. Uh, and where he wanted to go play football, he did take in consideration what conference he was uh, considering to go into in terms of the yeah. level of toughness. Uh, but right. certainly, I'm sure some of those people back in Philadelphia right now might be thinking, uh, might you know be what, thinking. Right? It's it's it's, it's uh, pretty tough right now being an Eagle fan. I mean, I always followed you through your career in Philadelphia, and uh, but the, you know. 
listen, to start with the defensive coordinator, Juan Castillo, to, you know, let him go, I think, I think Andy's got some, uh, he's got to look in the mirror and, and really ask himself if he's able to do this job anymore. You know, it's just, uh, his, his, his clock management is terrible. I mean, how many times have they been in the, uh, you know, in the red zone and they don't score? They take points off the board. It's unbelievable. But, well, you know, Bill, I heard you mention the fact that you know, uh, you know, Andy, and 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 the fact that uh, you know Juan is is gone, and yeah. and that's something, of course, we're going to talk about a little bit later. Uh, but but you, you also talked about Andy, you know, having some problems in terms of a clock management, but more importantly, I think there's some problems with Andy and the team uh, yeah. in the red zone. Uh, you got to right. come away with with touchdowns. What do you think has been the biggest problem? Uh, of course, you know, Bill, you're a big fella, man. You know about that offensive line. Uh, can, can, can we can we attribute some of this to uh, passing on to the players in the offensive line? I mean, once you in the National Football League, you're a pro ball player, and if you got to step in to replace somebody who's injured, that doesn't make yeah. a difference. We don't uh, care. We don't care. We just want you to perform. Yeah, what, I think right, you're right. You know, you're you're spot on, man. Uh, you know, the, the offensive line had some injuries this year, key injuries. Uh, you know, and they, they, re, they got some replacements in there, uh, uh, and, and really it shows. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking, I think, I'm thinking Michael Vick's got to take, take the bench for a minute here and, 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 and let's put the, let's see what they got with balls. But Andy doesn't do that. You, you know, you, he, he sticks with, he, one thing, he, he sticks with, uh, you know, he struck, stuck with Donovan, and he's sticking with Michael Vick. Hey, he let, too many turnovers, right? Let, let yeah. me ask you, Bill, and I do, I do agree with the turnovers, but let me ask you this. Do you really think that Michael's going to be, benching Michael's going to be the answer if, if we've got the problem with the offensive line? I, I don't think, I, I, I don't hey, think hey, Michael hey, Bill, I'm sorry. the answer. I think we've got some some feedback there, but okay. Uh, somebody's maybe got their computer on. Uh, we can hear uh, some feedback. So if anybody's got their computer on, please uh, turn it down. But um, you, you don't think Mike can get it done? Is that what you're saying? Hey, Bill. There's just too many turnovers for for a professional in the National Football League. You just don't do that. I yeah. mean, it loses. I mean, it, 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 you lose games, but. Uh, well, listen, man, I, I miss you. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, you put some Division One football players through college, man, and uh, you should be proud of that, Coach. Well, them, guys, them guys loved you. And uh, one thing I always remember Coach Ellis saying, telling these kids like John Warridge who went on to Wisconsin, Amani Bell who went on to Penn State, Paul uh, Bartle, who you know well, went, went on to, I think, Delaware Valley, uh, Keep your head on a swivel, right? I mean, you, you really, uh, you earned the respect of them kids. And, and, you know, we were in a tough neighborhood, right? Well, I, hey, Coach, I appreciate that, man. And, and thank you for the call. Tell all the guys back there, as always, man, I love them. I miss them. And, uh, hey, don't give up on those birds, man. We're going to be there. When it's all said and done, I think we'll still get a, uh, an invite to the dance, and we'll show up. We need you back, right? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll be back there, guys. Hey, listen, we got to take a break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. All right, Coach. All right, I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Thanks, Bill.
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back to hear that music. You know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I, I want to thank Coach Coach Bill, Big Bill, man. Bill used to help me coach over there. Cardinal Doherty, of course, our head coach was a gentleman by the name of Paul Hackney. And uh, Coach Hack, thank you for that experience you allowed me to have after I had just come out of the game and to, to work with some great young men. And, and yes, that, that was uh, that was my tagline. I wanted everybody to know, I don't care what position you play uh, in football, you got to keep your head on the swivel. You know, many times you see, particularly linebackers, I, I love when I see linebackers that's in their drop and they get their head on a swivel because that means they've been in their playbook. They know what, when they're dropping, they know who to look for. They know where to expect somebody else to be coming in their zone and to stare at the quarterback ain't going to do you no good. You know, he may eventually lead you to where he's going to throw the ball, but until that happens, you need to check out the the, the drop and the release. I mean, the release of those receivers and, and make sure you get in the right drop and and see what's coming to your zone and get your head on the swivel. If you got a man, you know your man is where you should be next to your man. You know, sticking to him tight like white on rice. So hey. I enjoyed those days back there in Philadelphia. But, hey, Kev, we, we, we started to talk about Philadelphia, and I said I was mm-hmm. going to really dedicate this show because there is something going on in Philadelphia, man, and it's, it's it, you know, it's an interesting story because there's more to the story than what we see because we know what's going on. There's a lot of other off-the-field issues that are part of this puzzle. And and fans are so fickle that they don't care. Fans don't care about what's happened in Andy's personal life. Fans don't care about what's happened in Michael Vick's personal life. 
Fans just want to win football games. Now, you got ownership, Jeffrey Lurie, who came from the entertainment world, if you will, films and productions, um, you know, now owner of a football team. Um, his his number one man, his general manager, is no longer there with him anymore. He he decided to leave and jump ship, and I think he's going to be on Joe Banner's going to be on that uh, Cleveland Browns uh, new ownership. Uh, I think he's a part of that now. So so now it's just Jeffrey Lurie, and so I put the question out there to people, and and we're going to spend probably the rest of the show talking about this. Anybody who wants to call in and jump in on this eight 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 three four six nine one four four. Who made the decision? Was it Andy Reid, head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, or was it Jeffrey Lloyd, owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, who decided it was time for Juan Castillo to, to go? What What do you think, Kev? What, who made the decision, and um, was it the right decision? I believe uh, it was the owner, and I reason why I say it was the owner because Right off the bat, this, uh, this season, when he made the comment he made concerning Andy Reid and, you know, Philly being, what, 8-8 eight and eight last season, something like that, that uh, mediocre is not going to get it. If he couldn't get the job done, that he was going to be out of there, so to speak. And I believe by him making that comment, it started, and the problems that, a lot of the athletes as well as Andy Reid had, you know, off the field. It's starting to, it's starting to make a, a big mental, a mental change in the Philadelphia Eagle organization. And because of that mental change, it's disrupting their on the field play. And like you say, the Philly fans, they don't care about uh, what's going on in these people's lives, you know, because they're, they're still normal, everyday people like everybody else. They just want to, they want to solve a win. And the one thing is, if you're winning in Philly, the fans have got, they're behind you all the way. When they feel that you're losing, they'll turn on you like a bad habit. Well, here you go. Here you go. I'm, I'm going to start off with, I got, I got Michael who sent me one. Mike said, I think Lori persuaded Andy. I agree with it, but given that Andy is a friendly guy, I say Lori approached him and just gave him a kind of a stern talking. He's not working out, and I won't settle for another 8-8 eight eight season. He has to go. He's saying that he's right with you, that you agree. I mean, that he agree. Mike agrees that, hey, uh, remember that conversation. Andy already got a conversation from and a kind of a tongue lashing from uh, Jeffrey Lori preseason. And and he definitely said to him that eight and eight was not going to cut it. He would not accept that. And so, therefore, that comment has been sticking in the back of Andy's mind. And perhaps maybe he thinks that Michael thinks that uh, Jeffrey might have had another conversation with Andy and said, hey, man, you know, I appreciate what you're trying to do. You're you're a coach's coach. And and you're trying to help propel uh, the profession uh, of of these other guys. You're trying to help them out, uh, but it's not going to happen at the expense of my team in another eight and eight season. Uh, and so you've got to let him go. So that's what Mike says. So so Mike agrees with you. Let, let's see what Chris says. Chris says, 
And this, of course, again, thank you for all those uh, friends of mine I have on Facebook. But these ain't friends. These, yeah, they're friends. They're not fans. These are friends. Chris says, Andy Reid, <laughs> uh, he's, he's in a desperation mode. He said he can't afford to bench Mike Vick, nor can he fire the offensive coordinator. He had to do something to show Lori some action, you know, some oriented steps. Unfortunately for the Eagles, this was the wrong move. Now, what do you think about that, Jeff? Chris is wow. saying that, hey, he did something. He made a move, but this is the wrong move. Do you agree with that? I mean, think about it. When you look at some of the stats, the defense isn't necessarily doing that bad. You know, this could be a turnover problem, and, and Andy could have prematurely mm, made the wrong move. He, he could have. He could have made the wrong move, but Andy was doing what he felt was best for the team because, yeah, they, the, the games that they have won this year, and it has been by uh, a couple of points here and there, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's a hard, that's a hard thing, a uh, decision to make. And, you know, and going in every week, knowing that his job is on the line, he just, uh, I believe he's just trying to do the best he can and work with what he got. Well, you know, one thing about Jeffrey Lurie last year, what Jeffrey Lurie said is that he wasn't going to make any decision at all that if a decision was going to be made, it would be made at the end of the season. Why is it that you think that Andy's concerned about his job being on the line? I mean, if it is, it won't be to the end of the season. So if the ship's going to go down, why not be the kind of captain anybody would want? And the captain goes down first. Don't start throwing, you know, uh, your assistant captains off the ship. You know, come on, Andy, Andy you, you bite the bullet. That's true. You know, just like... In the media, like he had said uh, Sunday, he take the blame for everything that happened in Sunday's game. And with the be truthful about it, he's been taking the blame for the whole season so far. Yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of look at it like this. You know, Andy has stepped up each time, and he said he's been inclusive. That we all got to do a better job. That includes him. He always says that it, we all, and he says him, including in that, offense, defense, special teams. But I'm going to tell you what I'm surprised about. Here, if I was a coach, and I'm going to tell you, everybody talks about motivation, you know, the greatest motivation factor for most people out in the real world is money. Well, let me also say this to you. In the National Football League, your money is your spot on the roster. OK, and so here, here's here's what happens to players. It happened to me. This is years ago. It's not about me. It's just about the culture of the National Football League. As soon as I made the team, Carl Peterson did not hesitate without saying to me and a few other guys. We've been known to let players go. Throughout the season, I think what Andy should have done, I think what a motivating factor should have come from is a head had to roll. It shouldn't have been a coach because I don't care when it, you will never get me to ever admit regardless of what the play is or what the outcome of the game is, is that a coach ever lost a football game. And I, and I, and I think any football player that ever does that is not a damn good football player. He's certainly not a great football player because every, every football play that's ever called 
a player has a responsibility to do. And a play only fails. Kevin, you know this. A play only fails when a player fails to do his job. I think right. I think players should have rolled before coaches. What do you think? Those guys on the offensive line? Well, and, and, and maybe Andy thought, well, hell, at least these guys are here. They know the system. They're making mental mistakes, maybe. If I bring somebody in off the streets, they're not going to be better than the people that I had. So maybe it was a catch-22. I don't know. But but do you not think that a player should have been let go before a coach was let go? I think so. I think that I think his uh, players should have been let go. I mean, we always say coaches don't make. Yeah, yeah. We always say coaches don't make tackles. Coaches don't drop balls. Coaches don't throw interceptions. So you know, I, I think that fits right here. And that coaches don't miss blocks either for the offensive line. Coaches don't fumble balls. That's true. And right about now, like you said, this is we're going into week seven now. Just like how the Bills. Resigned Sean Mer- uh, Merriman. Uh, Andy Reid can can uh, get on that uh, that wire and get uh, the players that he needs to get the job done. And and that's what I think. That is not happening as much as it should be. You know, I don't care the pride of these coaches out there. Listen, uh, Chad Uchocinco, Ochocinco, whatever. Chad Johnson's out there. Teal's out there. You know, Plexico's out there. You know, listen, if these guys are good enough to be on rosters last year and there's somebody out there and you're trying to win now and you need a receiver and you haven't tried to at least bring these guys in, now I do believe that sometimes a younger player might be more of the answer than an older player, with the exception of an older player does bring us a certain amount of experience that you need. Uh, but I do believe there is nothing wrong with checking out the job market out there and bringing in somebody who's motivated. There are a lot of sto- there's some great stories out there about guys who were pushing groceries last year that's playing football this year, or guys that were you know pushing papers, you know answering phones. You know, driving cars, doing whatever they had to do, babysitting, being a good husband at home, sitting on the couch, you know, but they got a chance and that chance was the chance that they needed in life and their entire careers have turned around. I think they need to go back to a little bit old school. I think those scouts need to be, you know, looking through their roller decks. I think they need to be out there working guys out in the off season. And I think some of them guys need to get, you know, get a chance, get a second chance. Yeah, it's a lot of talent out there right now. A lot of talent. I tell you what, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back because i got a few more questions we got to ask. I uh, want to shout out to my man, Mike Kissman. Mike and I go way back to Canton McKinley High School. But Mike is, of course, a friend of mine on Facebook. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And we'll be right back. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you may not know all their names but you certainly know what they did they helped make this game into what it is today now we can do more to help them the nfl alumni association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The show you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. 888-346-9144 is the number if you like to call in and have a chat with me. Of course, very seldom do we have one topic of which I think is worthy of an entire show, but today we do, and that is Andy Reid and Jeffrey Lloyd. Who pulled the trigger? Who made the decision that it was time for the defensive coordinator to go? Man, we've got opinions all over the place, but I appreciate it. Got these opinions from my friends on Facebook. Want to thank you all for responding to that request. Uh, let me let me say uh, let me share with you what Lamont Lamont I'm sorry uh, Lamont had to say. Uh, Lamont says Andy Reid did this. It's hard being on the outside looking in because we don't know if Andy asked him to change the defense and the coordinator wouldn't. Just saying there could be some insubordination there. We just don't know about it. Reed is trying to save his bacon. Wow. Okay, so so we got no, something going on now, Kev, where uh, Lamont is saying, that, listen, you know, perhaps maybe they're in the defensive meeting room or the coaches' meeting room, and they're at the round table, and they're going over the game plan. And Andy's, you know, saying, hold on, what? We're going to do what again? Why? Wait, man, I thought we had a conversation about that. Lot. We were going to make some adjustments. And it, it appears we're doing the same thing. Are you serious? I mean, do you, do you, do you, can you imagine that, Kev, the coaches in the meeting room going over the game plan and, and Andy's hearing some of the same things he's been hearing, some of the same approach he's been hearing, and, and he's not really comfortable with that because it hasn't been working. And, and, and all of a sudden you got a situation where there could be something like, well, man, listen, okay, you hired me as a defensive coordinator. Will you let me do my job? And, and then you got a situation where you know, Andy's got to say, well, man, I've been letting you do your job all year long and last year too. And, you know, you're not doing a real good job of it. So we need to make some changes. And there could be an exchange going on there between the two. And, and some other coaches could be privy to this because after all, you know, they do meet together. They might have said, okay, well, well let's talk about this one on one. Come on in. You and I have a meeting. You know, man, listen, I don't want you saying, you know, challenging me in front of the rest of the coaches. Might be. Or, or it could be a thing where it's okay. Well, okay. I, listen, if you want to go down, I'm going to let you go down. I gave you the opportunity. 
I'm going to let you go down in the fire and burn, but, but I'm asking you to make some changes. And, and, and Juan maybe said no. What do you think, Kev? You think that's a possibility that there was some insubordination there, whereas Andy told him to make the changes. He didn't make the changes. That's a possibility because, like you say, them coaches, they do be in their coaches' room and they do uh, discuss what formats they want to put together. And it could have been an insubordination. In the end, Lloyd could have made the last three. You know, but again, the owner could have said, okay, we're going to try it this your way since you really feel like that. And if it don't work, you're going to be the one that goes. It, it, could, it, it could be, you know. Well, I'm going to say this, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to guess, because that's all I can do is guess, is that Andy did give one. He gave him enough room and let him hang himself, because I believe that if it were different than that, because we've seen Andy this year, you know, where, you know, he's had an issue with a player or two. He's gone to the sideline, and we've seen Andy, unaccustomed to like we've ever seen it before, have an exchange with one of his players on the sideline, you know, because Andy said something to him about, you know, you know, giving up a sack or, or doing something wrong that hurt the team. I did not see, and I, and I truly believe, uh, that if there would have been a problem and, and Andy and Juan had a conversation and that Juan was supposed to be doing some things different than what, what he was doing on game day, that he and Andy would have had a conversation on the field. I truly believe that. I believe that Andy would have gone to him. And and ask a question at least of what the hell is going on, you know? Uh, but I, I I didn't see that. I, di I didn't see that kind of conversation happening on the field. So I believe Andy said, okay, listen, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna let you do it the way you do it. But I'm telling you, if it do if things don't change and we don't see a different result, uh, because even though there have been turnovers, the Eagles and Mike Vick and the offense had the Eagles in a, in a position to win that football game. That we, you know, regardless of the turnovers. You know, pretty much like, you know, Peyton's been faced with, regardless of turnovers, who, who calls them or whatever, they were in a position to win. The offense had that team in a position, the Philadelphia Eagles, to win the football game, and they didn't. So, so I, I'm, I'm thinking perhaps maybe, I don't, I don't want to call insubordination. I want to say that, okay, listen, I'm going to give you a chance, but if it doesn't work out this last time, you, you, you got to go. And, and and so let's let's leave it that way. Let's go to the next one. I got another one here. Uh, I got Micah. Uh, Micah, of course, good friend out there in Philadelphia. And, and Micah says this: <laughs> doesn't solve their problems. Never liked Castile anyway. Um, you know, in the role, you know who did. Uh, but they can't re they they can't return a kickoff. Can't cover one. The O line stinks. Play calling is poor. And oh yeah, they turn the ball over way. Too much. Bobby April, Bobby April, and Vic are next. So, do you think that uh, perhaps maybe you know Mike and, and the offensive coordinator could be on their way out as well? Yeah, well, they could, they could be. But see, again, you know, everybody quick to blame Vic, and yeah, he has turned over many, uh, more than he has has ever done during his what, 12 years of uh, being in the league. But, uh, again, you know, uh, because you have a turnover, that, you know, that don't stop you from winning games. I mean, it can, but it, it, it don't. You've seen it was turnovers on Denver part yesterday, but Denver came back to win. Yeah, but, Kev, you know? statistics do show that if you win the turnover game, you're going to win the game. 
I mean, statistics will show that in an in NFL football game, that the team that is turns the ball over less uh, is more likely to win than the team that has multiple turnovers. And, yeah, and cool. in this particular case, I will say it certainly doesn't help you at all. But in this particular case, they were able to, you know, to even with the even with the amount of turnovers they had, uh, they were able to to bounce back and and still have the team in a position to win the football game. Now, many times what we'll do is we'll look back over games and we'll say, well, you know, the game was lost because earlier in the game we had way too many turnovers and put us in a position. Uh, but I but I still want to say this, you know, that's that's the. That's what you look for. Most teams would like to have their defense go out on the field, shut down an, uh, uh, the opposing team's offense, and allow their offensive team to come on the field and take that that victory formation, if you will. And so I, I got to say this: we always say that you know, you know, offense wins games, but defense wins championships. So I've, I've got to say this: that it, indeed, without a doubt. Uh, it, it appears to me that there's a situation where the Eagles still that defense has to step up and and win that ball game for them. Okay, so let me go on. I got another man. I got a lot of comments here from some folks here. So that you let got me some good, questions, <laughs> good answers. Yeah, let me. Uh, Thomas says this, and I just don't think Andy's the kind of guy. But Thomas says this, Ray. It's Andy Reid. He's trying to save his job. And he will bench Vic next. Now let's 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 deal with this first. Let's forget about the save his job because I don't think and I don't think that's Andy's mo. But but let me ask you this: Do you think the next thing to happen is for Michael Vic to find himself on the bench? You keep turning it over. Yeah, he will end up on that bench. But if he again, you got to keep in mind everything on that offense is not on Vic. Because Vic, when he's not turning over, you know, the other thing you got to do is stop holding that ball long, too long. But when he's not turning over and he is getting that pass out, the receivers got to catch the ball. They can't catch it one minute, then the next minute when it's in their hands, they drop it, you know. So it's like, it's the whole offense. And let's not forget, now, you probably got... You probably got a running back in the backfield that any team in the National Football League he could start at. He could start on any team in the National Football League. Shady McCoy, probably one of the best running backs. I'm not the best running back in the National Football League. I can't think of too many others I'd take instead of him right now. Maybe Adrian Peterson, but Adrian ain't 100% healthy. I'd probably take Shady McCoy right now. Is that also part of the problem, that they're not getting the ball and, and sticking with the run as much as they should? That that plays a big part, but then it's hard for him to run is when the line can't open up holes for him. Well, one thing about so Shady once, once they become one dimensional, they they're easy. They're, they're easy to beat once you become one dimensional. Yeah, I, but I don't think I think with Shady, one thing about him is he has the ability to improvise and to create opportunities for himself. You know, he can run to a hole. He can he can find a hole. You know, he has one of the you know the quickest acceleration moves that I've seen of anybody on the plant and go. You know, he's got vision of which all great running backs have, and 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 he's tough. You know, he doesn't give up the ball a lot. So I, I'm thinking that perhaps maybe on the offensive side of the ball, you know, don't give up on the run. 
You know, there, there are some teams we've been seeing this year that have just said, you know what, well, we're going to run, we're going to stick with the run, we're going to stick with the run, we're going to stick with the run, and then we're going to come with a bit of play action pass. You know, we're going to, you know, teams have already gotten to the point whereas they're trying to, they're trying to protect and, and to make sure that Michael Vick doesn't get a chance, you know, to get around that corner. You know, people know that you can't let Mike get around that corner, but he's getting to the edge on many times. But I think if we would concentrate a little bit more on the run, he might be able to get to the edge a little bit more. So, so I just, I, I'm really not sure that I could say that benching Mike is going to get a different result, particularly if you got a problem with the offensive line, with the exception. If you're going to change some of the play calling and you're going to get the ball out the, out the quarterback's hands right away. And if you want to do that, then let's do that with Mike. That's true. I agree. All right, let me see. I got one, I got one more here that I need to uh, I need to make sure that I get in at least one more. Um, I got Lonnie here. Lonnie says, Ray, I think it was a joint decision, but the Eagles need help on the offensive line. Mike is getting hit too many times. That's a concern. And, and of course, now Lonnie appears to be a, a Falcon uh, fan. He says, uh, that's a concern. Now in Atlanta Falcons play the Eagles after their bye week, and our defense is more aggressive. He's saying to me that, uh, you know, Ray, it also appears to him that, uh, the Atlanta Falcons got a real aggressive defense, and the Eagles are coming down there after a bye week, and they know Mike real well. I tell you what, we're gonna take a little bit of time uh, before we answer that question. I got a little music in the background. We're gonna take a break, and we're gonna come back, and we're gonna answer Lonnie's question. Man, is is Vic in for another long day when he gets to Atlanta? Ooh, listen, Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at youbet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's out. 
drop shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. To left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Appreciate all my friends out there on Facebook. I uh, want to give a shout-out to R.C. Jenkins. R.C. Jenkins, of course, uh, celebrating the birthday today, and um, I hope you have a wonderful day there, R.C. Uh, I certainly want to take the time out to, to, to this last one. You know, uh, last person here, Bam, uh, who is a friend of mine on Facebook, says, <laughs> most deaf, it was Jeffrey Lurie. I mean, when you think about when it's all said and done, I think that uh, even if Andy Reid was going to make a decision, Kevin, I think that he would probably go to Jeffrey Law, the owner, and say, I'm about to make a decision here. Uh, Juan is just not panned out. Um, he's got to go. Uh, I'm going to make that decision. But instead, it appears that Bam says, no, that wasn't the case. Uh Jeffrey Laurie made the decision. Andy, we need to have a discussion. Uh, it appears that uh, Juan can't stop the bleeding on defense. Uh, we're putting points on the board. We're turning the ball over, but we're putting points on the board, and it just appears that uh, our defense is, is getting beat, um, and, and we're losing ball games. And I believe that the Juan is the most inexperienced of the staff at his current position. Uh, so, therefore, uh, I think he... Uh, is the problem, so he's got to go. Uh, do you think that Jeffrey Lurie made that decision? It'll be the last time we'll ask this question. We've asked it a couple different ways, but we're going to finish out with Bam, and then we're going to go to a, a couple other things, addressing conferences and conference play and games of next week. So let me ask you that, Kev. Is it possible that this is just, you know, head man, the man in charge, saying it's, that... Uh, it's possible that Lurie made that decision. But I go back to what you said earlier. I believe Andy Reid just let that man hang himself. Tried to work with him the best that he could, but he let him hang himself. Yeah, you know that, and that, and that's. I think that's the kind of person that Andy is. Andy understands that. Okay, listen, like anybody, if you're doing something for the first time, it's going to take you some time. Uh, but. He can only afford to give him so much time. And, and let me say this. I, here's what I think that some people may not be looking at at this particular time, but certainly uh, they'll start looking at it, you know, a little differently. And that is right now the Philadelphia Eagles are are three and three and the Giants are four and two. So that means right now the Eagles at three and three, 500 ball, played six games. Okay, you got you got ten games left. So if you got ten games left, you know, can you afford how many games can you afford to lose with the amount of games that you have left? And I think that's what Andy did. Andy got to a position where he couldn't afford to lose any more games if he again already knows that Jeffrey Lurie's not going for this eight and eight season. Eight and eight certainly not going to get them into the playoffs. So he let Juan hold on to the point, whereas Juan, you're at a point now where I can't afford to keep you on any longer because mathematically, 
I am I don't have myself in a position where I can afford to lose any more games. So therefore, you got you you got to go. So I, I I believe that's what it, I believe. Andy said, listen, we got ten games left, and what are the chances of us going ten and zero? Oh, not too good. What are the chances of us going nine and one? Maybe that's not too good. You know, are we going to go five and five? If he goes five and five, he's eight and eight. If he goes, you know, six and four, then he's 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 nine and seven. And so, you know, he had to look at the, with the remaining of his of his schedule. He had to look at it like that. And Andy probably already had in his mind, because I think that's just the kind of calculated person that Andy is in terms of his structure and knowing what the situation is. I think Andy knew how far he could go before he had to get to a point and say to Juan, OK, that that's that's going to be it. Now, this could have happened later in the season. Juan would still be there. But because it happened so early in the season and they dropped three games, you know, before, at, you know, at this bye week. And I, I really think that hey, if it got to the point where we get to the bye and we, you know, we three and three. Oh, no, we can't go into it like that and, and they have to go into Atlanta the next game. So let me throw that one at you, Kev. Does that make some sense to you now that Andy might have been thinking, OK, there's only so many games early in the season. I can afford to lose with Juan. And if that happens, I got to let him go. Or was you think it was just a matter of him responding to perhaps maybe what Jeffrey Laurie was saying to him to make a decision? I believe it could have uh, went to where he was looking at it from a mathematical position. And at the same time looking at it, uh, I believe Jeffrey Lloyd was still in his ear on it. Well, I'll tell you what. One thing that certainly helped Andy's case is you got a couple other people in the division that didn't do so well. And, uh, you know, one of those teams in particular, somebody else, and I think there's some decisions that got to be made too, and I'm going to bring it up real fast here. You know, the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys, the, the Ravens, 29 Cowboys, 31 Baltimore, Ray Lewis, done, but the Cowboys still couldn't get it done. What do you think in there? The Cowboys, is, are some decisions going to be made down there in Dallas pretty soon? Oh, there's going to be some decisions during the offseason. Jerry Jones already got his notes together. So you think Jerry's going to wait? Okay, so why would Jerry wait for the offseason, but Andy Reid have to make a decision now? The reason why I believe Jerry waiting for the offseason is when they start making decisions now, it affects them mentally, which affects the players they game. And I believe Jerry have learned that from past experience. And so you think Jerry really wants to give a, a team a chance and, and, and perhaps maybe to, to not disrupt the team chemistry during the season, if they have any, doesn't appear to have too much. But you think that's his philosophy going in his approach to football as opposed to, you know, it being a little bit different than, than, than what Jeffrey Lurie has. Yes, well, and I really do. And, you know, what's really interesting about that is because, you know, when, when, when you look at that, you know, those are two different philosophies, but it also is something where it could, it could come back to bite you because that means, you, you, you know, you're going to go ahead and, and give up on this season. And, and, I, and yeah. I don't think that that's something by any means that, that Jerry wants to do. I just don't think that Jerry is interested in giving up on any season 
when it comes to his team. I think he, Jerry expects a winner, and he knows that that's what everybody else is expecting too is is a winner. And if you don't get one, you know that's just not the, the Cowboys' way. That that's that's and that, I think that's just going to be something that's going to be difficult. So let me ask you, who, who what are you looking for this week? What games out there that you you're looking forward to this week? Yeah. Thursday night game, the Seahawks and Forty Niners. I think that's the game. I think when 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 Russell Wilson came out the gate at the beginning of the season and and he looked promising. He's he's beat some of the best quarterbacks in the league right now, and and the Forty Niners is his next big challenge. Uh, what do you think in terms of his his performance? Do you expect him to come through with another? I mean, he just beat Tom and Bill. I mean, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. He just, he just beat him. Do you think he can pull off another one? You know, I think he can pull it off, but I think the Forty Niners is going to give them a run for their money. Okay, you can't be a homer on this one, man. You can't be a homer. Now, come on now. Do you? No, and the reason why I say that because the Forty Niners were embarrassed this past Sunday. They was embarrassed. They, you know, we all as fans. I mean, as well as some of the players, they didn't even expect to, they, they expected a close game. But Kevin, let me ask you this, man. Who won the Super Bowl last year? Why, why can the Giants not get any respect? Why should anybody be embarrassed that they got beat by the Super Bowl champions? And, and listen, I'm gonna have to let you answer that one next week because, it, you know, it's, it's gone so fast, man. I apologize for that. But listen, they got beat by Eli. Eli you know, I think one of the probably, if I had to take a quarterback right now, just give me Eli. Just give me Eli, and I'll just I'll just play everybody in the National Football League, including his brother, and we'll win. You've been listening to Rail the Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Appreciate Kevin Bill calling in. I got to go. So I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.